Hello and welcome to Servant's Heart Chapel. I am Pastor Daryl, and I hope today's episode is a special blessing to you. And I hope that's the case today. If you have your Bibles with you, we will be uh, turning to the book of Romans, chapter 1. Romans, chapter 1. That's, we are going to start preaching through the book of Romans. I expect as many as 20 sermons uh, on this. Uh, and since I'll be away for a while, I expect to be away for a while later this year. I don't think we're going to finish Romans this year. We'll be finishing it up next year, I expect. Um, but we'll get into that. This Romans is just um, the, the years 57, roughly 57 AD. Uh, Paul is wrapping up his third missionary journey. He's in, he's in Corinth right now. He's with the, the Corinthian church and he's writing to Christians in Rome. A lot of them will be Gentiles, or they're not Jewish people. They're like us. Uh, and they've converted to Christianity. And so he wants to write this letter to encourage them. Uh, and, and there's so much wonderful stuff. So if you think about the, the, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they are the Gospels. They're, they're about the life of Jesus, right? They're about... They're, they're a testament, they're a revelation of Christ. Uh, the book of Acts is, is all about the acts of the apostles or the acts of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so it's, it's, it's that being revealed. Romans, the, the book of Romans is really all about, it's a revelation of the gospel, this good news we, we talk a lot about gospel. We, have, we call it gospel music. And we, we, we talk about, you know, uh, gospel of God. And we sing gospel songs. And, and, and we, the, the word gospel is used quite a bit in the New Testament. And, you know, what does that mean exactly? <clears throat> well, we're going to talk about that. We're going to learn that and a whole lot more from Romans. Romans, study Romans. If, if, you, if you decide I'm going to study Romans and learn from it and absorb God's truth, you and, and you're open to the leading of the Holy Spirit, you can't help but become a better Christian by the time you're finished reading Romans. You can't help it. Um, I've been studying, starting studying this this first chapter uh, this week, and honestly, it's been a rough week for me. You ever had a tough week emotionally, where you just you feel drained? I felt really drained, and I so wanted to get excited about you know um, emotionally excited about the truths, the, the wonderful truths in this, and I had a hard time bringing that up. Because honestly, I'm a little worn, and, and God's going to help me with that. God's been helping me, but that's just that's part of being human, isn't it? Um, I share that because I was thinking at the beginning of service, 
isn't it wonderful for me as a preacher? You might not think about this. For me as a preacher, I find it very comforting that I don't have to put on a show or some awesome presentation for you to get value out of this. If I put, you know, if if I'm serious in, in my study with the, with the the word, and 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 I think about what God might want me to say. The Holy Spirit uses that, whatever comes from me, and speaks to every one of your hearts. I think that's cool. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would speak to you today, wherever you're at, whatever. And I always enjoy, there were times I, I preached something and someone would come, oh yeah, you know, that one thing you said, that really meant this to me and here's why. And the reason would have nothing to do with my original intent. Completely off base, but the Holy Spirit used that to talk to that person about that one thing in their life. Um, I love that. And I appreciate the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We pray diligently for the Holy Spirit's ministry now. When I was uh, when I first came into the military, I loved God. When I was 17 years old before I, before I came in. You know, I decided I was going to surrender my entire life to God. I, I lived a pretty rough life. All my friends were either gang members or drug dealers. I don't know if you knew that. Did I? And uh, I was very miserable. And I decided to stop living life my own way because it wasn't working out very well. And I knew I was either dead or in jail. And so I surrendered my life to God. And so I spent a few years in Bible college, met Missy, grew up. There was some forming that God needed to do in me. I loved Jesus, but I was really rough. I still had a street in me. I, uh, I had an attitude problem. But I love Jesus, but God had to chisel away, chisel away and, and mold me. Um, and I had a problem with temper, and, and so God worked on that. And at, later on, I felt God direct me into the Air Force. And so I came into the Air Force, still a very young man, 22 years old, um, and uh, not ashamed of being a Christian. In basic training, they called me Flanders from the, the Christian guy in The Simpsons. That was my nickname because I was this Christian guy. And uh, which I didn't mind that because uh, Flanders, um, I didn't mind being called him because he, he always forgave Homer no matter what bad things he did to him, what a Christian should do. And he had an amazing six-pack. I, I, I really, I didn't mind that at all. But they called me Flanders, and, and so I was very much, you know, you know, I wasn't obnoxious about it, but I didn't hide that I was not ashamed, I was not embarrassed about being a Christian. Well, over time, a year or two, working with a bunch of roughnecks, cussing, dirty jokes, partying every weekend, these are the kind of guys that I worked with day in and day out, and it began to wear on me. And I, be, I, I became a little quieter and a little quieter about my faith. 
And I was, I was reluctant because there's this reluctance. And I think a lot, I think it's very common with new Christians. There's a reluctance to put yourself at risk for people giving you a hard time about being a Christian. Because they do, right? They, um, they will look for ways to trip you up. Um, but I was a little, a little hesitant. But by the time I hit my fifth year in the Air Force, an NCO, and and whatever had happened during those those few years, I was I was well I was I was I would consider a seasoned Christian. I didn't care what you thought. If you want to be disparaging about my faith. I didn't care. Why? Because I knew Jesus. I knew what he did for me. I know what he's done for other people. I knew the Bible is true. And there's nothing anybody could discourage me from that whatsoever. And that only came as I walked with God. You, you kind of, you, 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 <clears throat> you stop being embarrassed about it. I stopped being embarrassed about it because I saw the power of the gospel in my life. The power as in the ability, the life-changing ability of this gospel, the good news that God has provided us. And that's what today's sermon is on, is the power of the gospel. We have, it's, we have a tendency to just Kind of keep it to ourselves and, and, and not talk about it and not act it out and not say to some people, I'm sorry, I don't do that. I, I knew a man for decades, decades. And finally one day I asked him, so are, are you agnostic or maybe even atheist? I had no clue. He said, no, I'm a Christian. I said, Really? He said, yeah, at my work, we weren't allowed to talk about a religion, so I just kind of got used to that. That's where many people are. Many, many, many uh, people who call themselves Christians are right now. Just kind of keep it to yourself. But there's a problem with that, and we're going to talk about, about that right now. Let's go to verse 1 in Romans. Paul, a, a servant of Jesus Christ, called as an apostle and singled out for God's good news. This, the word uh, servant um, is from the Greek word deo, means to bind. And it alludes that Paul is bound to Christ. There's a tie there. It's not a casual. Looking at 1 Corinthians real quick, chapter 6, verse 20. 
for you were bought at a price, therefore, therefore glorify body. I'm sorry, glorify God in your body. We were bought with the price. Jesus purchased us, and we owe our allegiance to him. Paul, that was the way it was for Paul. That's the way it is for us. We owe Jesus something. We are bound to him if we are saved. He said, called to be an apostle. Apostle means one who is sent out. One who is sent. As Paul was sent out to proclaim the gospel, so are we sent out. Wherever you are, you're intending to, to be, you're, you're expected to be, uh, to fulfill whatever uh, mission, whatever work God has for you. You don't have to be a preacher or a missionary to tell others about Jesus. And notice he's singled out for, there's a purpose for it, for God's good news. This good news, verse 2, which he promised long ago through his prophets and the Holy Scriptures. So we see that this news is good, but it's not new. It's been around for a long time. We've been expecting this for, for, for thousands of years. We've been waiting ever since Adam and Eve sinned. God initiated this plan to restore our relationship to him. Verse 3, concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was a descendant of David according to the flesh, and who has been declared to be the powerful Son of God by the resurrection from the dead according to the Spirit of holiness. We have received grace and apostleship through Him to bring about the obedience of faith among all the nations on behalf of His name. There's a lot there. Notice that they received grace. And apostleship. apostleship is the one being sent, so that's the assignment. We've been assigned to something, but the grace is the ability to complete that. There have been many times in the military where I was assigned something, but not given the resources to actually complete it. I had to figure out my own way to make it happen. Maybe they didn't give us the training we were supposed to have. Maybe they didn't give us the equipment we needed. Or supplies. I'm sure Tim has dealt with many times being having to take care of business with limited supplies. But God doesn't do that. Whatever God asks you to do, He equips you. He gives you the ability. He gives you the means. He gives you everything you need to accomplish what He expects you to do. But notice it's not just of yourself, it's through Him. And there, there's a purpose to it, to, to what? To bring about the obedience of faith. Now that is a profound statement. Um... The obedience of faith. A visitor passing, passing through a, a large department store noticed a set of rules written on a blackboard. And he noticed that a lot of the employees were, for the most part, ignoring the rules. 
And he questioned the foreman concerning the matter, and at first the man was reluctant to answer him, and finally he said, well, these rules were written by one of the firm, one of the higher-ups, and he has neither wisdom nor judgment. He's not a good leader. And if we should follow his directions, we would ruin a good part of the work. The men took their own way because they lacked faith in their boss. Here's the rules. you got to do this. Well, I don't really trust, I don't trust you. So we're just going to keep doing things the way we've been doing it. I saw that a lot in the military when, I, when we tried fix, helping people fix their processes, do a better, a better way of doing things. In fact, um, at Herbert Field, I can't remember what the year it was, um, we did this big project to streamline and improve how people get deployed, how they get sent out to do work for the military. And as almost a week, barely as soon as the work we did was completed and the new process was put in place, Haiti had that earthquake. You guys remember that? We were actually the first ones there. But it was a mess because as soon as Haiti happened, they threw out the whole new process, completely threw it out, and they went back to the old system, and it was such a disaster. We got there first, but it was ugly. Why? Because they didn't trust the team that put the new process together. They didn't trust them. If I, if I told you right now that tomorrow morning, sometime between 6 and 12 p.m., I will come to your door, I will knock lightly one time, and if you answer your door within five seconds, I will hand you $10,000. And if I told you that this is real, I'm going to do this, I, I'd like to think that over the years I've developed enough trust in you that you would believe me. Now, what would you do? Anybody? Okay, okay. So you stay up, but you fell asleep. Okay, but you would probably, you would do your best, right? Everything you can to make sure you're waiting there, at near the front door, waiting for that knock, right? That is you do that because you trust me. Those guys didn't follow the rules because they didn't trust their boss. God wants to bring about in us an obedience of faith. (laughs) 
And invite them to church while you're at it. <clears throat> um, and God wants to bring about in us an obedience born of faith. I believe, I believe the Bible is true. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and he rose from the dead. And I believe that when I ask God to forgive my sins, he forgave me those sins. He's not going to hold it against me. I believe that as long as I remain uh, faithful to him and don't turn away from him, uh, there's, no, one can be, no one can tear him from my hands. From my hands. No one can tear me from God's hands. That's okay. No one can, and, 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 and so I'm going to follow through with this. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. God says, don't steal. I'm not going to steal. God says, I, I dress modestly. I'm going to dress modestly. God says, don't let any uh, profane thing come from your mouth. Don't, don't want to do that. God says, don't say anything evil in before you. I'm going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to uh, think on things that are good and pure and right and holy. And, and I'm going to love others. I'm going to love God. With, I'm going to put God first in my life. The two greatest commandments, putting, putting God first in your life, right? Love God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and soul, and strength. You know, God first over everything else. And the second commandment is to love others as much as you love yourself, right? Treat others well. I'm going to do that because I believe. And those who don't do that, those who don't put God first in their life, those who don't love others as much as they love themselves, they don't truly believe. And salvation comes to those who believe. The obedience of faith. Notice it says, among all nations. That's evangelism. Paul was called to evangelize, tell others about Jesus. And you know, so are we. But all too often, people, people don't. Some people can go for years without even telling someone, oh, God was so good to me. He provided me food today and a shelter and clothing. He helped me. I was really having a hard time uh, with something, and God helped me through that. God, you know, I tell hey, you know, God gave me a wonderful rest last night. I had a good night's sleep. Thanks, thanks to God. They don't even do that, let alone tell people about Jesus. D.L. Moody was a, a famous preacher, writer, good man. And one day, a man came up to Mr. Moody and said, I don't like your invitation. Invitation is when you invite people to come forward to pray. I don't like your invitation. I don't think it's the right way to do it. I appreciate that, Moody responded. I've always been uncomfortable with it, too. I wish 
I knew a better way. What is your method in inviting people to Christ? I don't have one, the man replied. Then I like mine better, Moody said. As ugly as it may be, something is better than nothing. And God will use, God will use whatever you do. You don't need to be polished. You don't need Bible college training. You just need to love Jesus. That's all you need. People have done uh, simple things. I, I've known, I've stored people, like one person uh, would get gospel tracts, and when they paid their bills, they put a gospel track in the bills each and every month. And someone ended up getting saved from that and wrote back to them and thanked them for that. Um, you know, one lady was walking down the street and, and told the woman, you're going to hell. Now, I would never do that. I don't think. I, that's, that's not my person, that's not my style at all. Just a stranger and say, you're going to hell. But you know, God used that, as goofy as that is. And that woman, she, she's like, I knew she was telling the truth. And she got her heart right with God. There's been something, uh, a story of, of uh, Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon was a, uh, a very popular preacher in England a long time ago. And he, was, he thought he was alone in this giant sanctuary where he was going to be preaching. And he was testing the, the audio in the building. This is before, this is before uh, microphones even. And so with this big voice... He said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He didn't know there was a worker up in a rafter doing some maintenance. And he fell under conviction and went home and knelt down and gave his heart to the Lord. God will use it. God will use you. Um... Verse 6, including yourselves also who belong to Jesus Christ by calling, being called, Christ calling us. That's what Paul is saying. Including yourselves, you too, who also belong, you're bound to Christ by this appointment that he has given us. And that's us too. Verse 7, to all who are in Rome, remember this is a letter, so this is still the beginning of the letter. So all who are in Rome, loved by God. Isn't that wonderful? That God loves us? You know, if Missy needs your help, I mean, you're welcome to go back, but if she's overwhelmed, she'll let you know. Oh, okay. God loves us. And we're called to be saints. Verse 7, called to be saints. What does it mean to be a saint? It means blame, being blameless, living a holy life, consecrated to God. We're called to be that. It's a grace and peace. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I need both grace and peace. I need God's ability in my life, and I need His peace in my heart 
to, to withstand all the different storms that we go through in life. Verse 8, and we are getting behind here. So let me get through this. Uh, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because the news of your faith is being reported in all the world. Notice first, notice that Paul says, my God. That's very personal. That's not normally what uh, a pagan at the time or a Jewish person at the time would say. Now, this personal, direct uh, relationship with God. And I also want to ask you right now, today, Is he your God? Is, the God of, is Yahweh the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of David? Is he your God? Notice that uh, Paul had heard about the, 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 their faith, their great faith. And you know, here's what's interesting. Faith is revealed in tribulation. Your faith in God is revealed, it's tested, it's tried, and it's revealed in tribulation. When you go through problems, when you go through suffering, that's when your faith shines. So these people in Rome, they were going through some challenges. And Paul heard about that and heard that they didn't give up. Verse 9, for God whom I serve with all with my spirit in telling the good news about his son is my witness that I constantly mention you. <clears throat> Always asking in my prayers that if it's somehow in God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. Notice that Paul prayed for others. And he prayed for direction in his life. And we should do the same. I hope you're praying for me. I'm praying for you. You're all on my prayer list. And I also pray for, I hope you're praying that God would direct your life, your decisions, your major decisions in your life. He said, verse 11, for I, I want to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. So, the spiritual gift that Paul was talking about was not uh, like a spiritual gift from the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about that. We're talking about the encouragement that we get through testimony. When we sit down and, and have dinner together like we're going to shortly, and we share our, our lives and what's going on when we talk and interact and we share testimonies of how God has helped us. That's an encouragement. I love getting together with uh, uh, men, groups of men of God that like once in a while I get together with the Mennonite men. Once in a while I, I get together with like the ministerial uh, that we just had in Indiana where a bunch of pastors uh, and pastors' wives together where we heard each other and were encouraged by one another. That's the spiritual gifts that we can share, that you can share with each of us. Verse 13. 
Now, I want you to know, brothers, that I often planned to come to you, but was prevented until now, and or that I might have a fruitful ministry among you, just as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am obligated both to the Greeks and barbarians, both the wise and foolish, so I am eager to preach the good news to you who are in Rome. In verse 16, verse 16 and 17, very profound verses worth memorizing if you have not done so. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is God's power for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. For in it is God's righteousness is for in it God's righteousness is revealed from faith to faith. This is written: the righteous will live by faith. I'm not ashamed. I'm not reluctant uh, to uh, put myself at risk for receiving ridicule for believing the way I do. This is something that is, like I said, is common with young Christians. And evidently was something that was on Paul's mind. But he said, I'm not ashamed. Because it's God's power for salvation. Power for salvation is the ability to save. The gospel is God's ability to save us. To save everyone who believes. First to the Jew and also to the Greek. So the, the, the saving power originated with the Jewish people in Jerusalem. And so it came to them first. And from there came out into the uttermost parts of the earth. For it's God's righteous revealed from faith to faith. Now what does that mean, faith to faith? There's different ways to think about it. It, it. it can be from God's faithfulness to our faith. It could mean the spread of faith and evangelism. Or it could mean the growth of personal faith. As my faith grows, we see God's righteousness revealed. As it is written in Habakkuk, by the way, Habakkuk, Two four the the righteous or the just will live by faith. This profound statement that, by the way, changed a, a monk by the name of Martin Luther. He was a Catholic monk, and he would he would work and work and work trying to earn God's approval. He he did all this extra stuff trying to show his penance. He went to confession so many times the head guy told him to go away and come back when you have something worth confessing. But he was so sad and so distraught inside. Until he read in Romans the just will live by faith. And a light went on. And he realized, oh, all I need to do is, is believe. And that changed him and, and set him on fire. And very soon after that, the Reformation occurred. And many people who were just plain church came to God to a real 
vital relationship with him. We're running out of time. I don't want to, I don't like taking too long. But I want to remind, I want to end with this. The Bible says the righteous will live by faith. That faith is the real faith spurs obedience. There's, there's, I want to be, I believe the Bible is true. I want to get my heart right with God. I want to do what's right. And so I'm not going to, I'm going to stop playing church. I'm going to stop going through the motions. I want to have a real and vital relationship, a living relationship with a living God, where we can say, my God, I thank my God. I hope that it's so. May this week be a special week for you, where some the Holy Spirit... I will will guide you in some of these truths. Let us stand. Well, that's all for today. We certainly hope it was a blessing to you. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can email us at servantsheartchapel at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go to servantsheartchapel.org. Have a wonderful day.